Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rub. Today is Friday, January 22nd, and this is episode 77 of the Pineapple Couch with B-Rub. Thank you to everyone who listens. A reminder that you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review with a question. We'll answer on the pod. Um... And yeah, we're also on YouTube now, um, so you can check out some of our videos there. So, big episode today for episode 77, Flying Solo, me, B-Rob. Um, but we got some big topics. We got, obviously, the retiring of a legend, the retiring of my favorite player of all time, uh, Philip Rivers. So we're going to definitely get into that and talk about that to start it off, um, as well as we're going to be talking about the conference championship games of the NFL that will be happening this Sunday, Bucks, Packers, Bills, Chiefs. We'll get into all of that. And then we're going to also just talk about some other stuff. I want to talk about um, Matt Stafford, the rumors that he uh, wants out of Detroit. I'm sure Stephen Young, our number one caller, will have to get his input that on that next pod, but we'll talk about that a little. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about the new Spider-Man 3 news. Um, it's coming out in less than a year now, folks. So, And the stuff I've been hearing is kind of fucking crazy. So if you like Spider-Man and that sort of stuff, you want to stay tuned for that because I've done a lot of research on what's going on in that world. There's been a lot of rumors, and I've tried to parse through and see what's fake, what's real. Um, so, yeah, it should be exciting. Um, and then at the end, I'm going to start doing this once a week probably on our Friday, Thursday pods, of just like an album of the week, something to listen to this weekend. So uh, we'll have that as well this week. But first, let's get into the big news. Philip Rivers retires after 17 years in the NFL. He's fifth all-time in uh, passing yards, I believe fifth all-time in touchdowns as well. Um, he's the second longest streak of consecutive starts in NFL history behind Brett Favre. He was the quarterback of the Chargers for 16 seasons, one season for the Colts. He famously, uh, I mean, the main story you've been seeing about Phil this past week is this how he played in the AFC Championship game against the 16-0 Patriots with no ACL. And um, they almost won that game, and that's just like a testament to, to who Phil was as both a human and a player. He, so... I often talk about how much I love Philip Rivers on this podcast. And I know, like, I don't really understand how you can hate Philip Rivers. Like, I can get it if you're like, wow, Brian, you're way obsessed with this guy. And I would say to you, it's like, well, think about it. Who's your favorite player in your favorite sports team that you grew up with? And you'll probably have some sort of connection like that where you are a giant fan of them. But I don't understand people who could hate Philip Rivers. Because... And same thing with the Chargers, really, because they're generally pretty harmless. So, like, the only fans fandoms that I really think can hate Phillip Rivers would be, I'll give you the Raiders. Raiders fans, Raiders Chargers arrivals. I accept that completely. I also accept the Donkeys, the Denver Broncos, because Phil and the Broncos have definitely gone at it over the years. And then I'll also accept the Chiefs. Um, even though the Chiefs, I just don't think they could really be mad at the Chargers because they're too happy about what's going on with their own team. Um, so those are the, the teams that I would say, like, I understand if you don't like Philip Rivers. Other than that, like, I don't understand the hate. You, you can't, you can just not be a fan, but say what you want. His games were always fun as hell to watch. And you could tell out there, and there's some, there's a lot of players like this, but Phil might be the most of how much fun he was having and how much he cared. And I would say as a fan, that's all you want. I mean, obviously, yeah, you want Super Bowls, you want all that. But Phil cared, and it was there was never a game 
of Philip Rivers when you're watching as a fan where it's like, man, they're just mailing this in. He doesn't give a fuck. Like when he was had a giant contract on some of those bad teams in the Mike McCoy years. He's always trying his ass off, and that's just the type of competitor and person that I think is great for a football locker room, and that's why I'm such a big fan of him. And it is really just – it sucks that he didn't win a Super Bowl. It sucks because he had an incredible career. I mean, I said the stats at the top, but Phillip Rivers is statistically one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And you can say, yes, this isn't a passing era. And yes, all this stuff happens. But if you look back at Phillip Rivers' career and the, his statistics, all that, he had a hell of a career. And I feel like the last couple years of him, because he's been 35, 36, and 37, everyone's decided that, oh, that's what he was like his whole career at age 37. It's like, well, that's not true at all. Philip Rivers was an elite quarterback in his prime, and I honestly think besides last year, he didn't really ever have bad seasons. The year his last year with the Chargers, that was a tough year. That was tough, but I think he bounced back this year with the Colts. Um Philip Rivers is from that uh, giant draft or not giant draft class, just a very important quarterback draft class that included Big Ben and Eli Manning. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of this of like ranking those three. And I will, I'm going to rank them and I'm sure many people will disagree whatever with whatever I have to say, because that's just kind of how things work. But I would go big Ben one because the dude just made so many big plays and he beat the chargers so many times in the playoffs and get what you saw this year out of your head. Don't let that ruin what Big Ben was. I'd say Big Ben is the best quarterback in this draft class. He has the two Super Bowls. Eli obviously does too. But Big Ben, I just felt like, was much better than Eli Manning. And he just, he he was more consistent than Eli. Because I was I was about to say, like, Big Ben was so clutch. And it's like, okay, well, Eli was clutch too in those two runs. But Eli had some years where it was just, he was not good. Like, he was, he was bad. So that's why I put Rivers above Eli. I know the two championships. Um, if you're saying who had like the better career, you would go to Eli because the two chips. But who was a better NFL quarterback throughout the time? I think it was Phillip Rivers. And I know a lot of people will disagree with that. But if you went back and look at the stats and look at everything, you, the argument, if you look at it statistically, which I'm not, I think that's annoying when people do this. You you could put him above Big Ben. And I'm not doing that. I have Big Ben at one. But he was he was a better quarterback than Eli Manning. Eli has the two Super Bowls, though, so not as many people will remember that. But Phillip Rivers was better than Eli, straight up. And the other thing that people don't really understand, I mean, I know Big Dog understands this, my dad, John Robbins, stuff like that, but Chargers are cursed. The The follies that they had in the playoffs or the, the letdowns, the losses, You, I scraped back through them this past week. It's never ever been Rivers' fault. And you might be like, oh my gosh, well, the quarterback needs to rise above. And I'll say, yeah, you're right. But it wasn't like he cost them any of these games. So that, I think, is important to know. And it's just the curse of the Chargers. And another cool thing I thought about with how Phil retired, one, he left a great uh, statement to ESPN where he said, dadgummit, and all this stuff. And it was just classic Phil. So if you haven't seen that, I'd read that. But... So when players retire, basically, they usually, the agent or the player, they'll reach out to, like, the big names. So, like, a Schefter, a Chris Mortensen, Ian Rappaport, like that. One, because they want to establish 
good relations with that agent or with that uh, reporter. So the agent probably like, I don't know. It's a, it's never a bad thing. If you're a young player in the NBA, for example, and like Woj really likes you or Schefter, if you're, so it's never a bad thing. And having a good relationship with those guys so you can control the story that comes out is important. But what Philip Rivers did when he retired, he actually gave the story to a, a San Diego reporter who covered him during his time with the Chargers. And that is just such a, such a Phil move. I love it. He loves San Diego. I don't think he ever forgave the Chargers for leaving San Diego. Um, he didn't move out of San Diego, obviously. When they were in L.A., he waited to move when he had to go to Indianapolis. But um, Phil loved San Diego, and San Diego loved Phil. I'll give a shout-out to a great friend of the program and great friend of mine, Mitchell Rincon, Tony's Jackal in uh, Solana Beach. Order takeout from there if you can. Um, great Mexican restaurant. But Phil actually took his whole family there. And so Mitch has shown me a photo of him, his grandpa who runs the restaurant with Philip Rivers. And it's just freaking awesome and wholesome. Um, it, just to put it all, like to sum it all up with Philip Rivers, it, it was just an absolute treat to watch him his whole career. There was, trust me, there were so many ups and downs. But yeah, do I wish I had Super Bowls? Of course, but it, I honestly, like, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I had so much fun rooting for Phillip Rivers um, for the last 17 years when I'm 25. So 17 of the 20 years, 25 years of my life, Phillip Rivers is the quarterback I've watched on Sundays. Um, and I, I'm incredibly grateful for that. Not trying to sound sappy, but this is like my favorite player ever. And it's weird because I was talking to my dad about this. My, for my dad, that's Joe Montana. <laughs> he got four Super Bowls. Good for him. But uh, it, I, I do wonder if I will ever be a, as big of a fan of a player again because there's that attachment or that sentimentality, I think, from your childhood. So whether that person for you was Kobe, whether it was Derek Jeter, Big Poppy, I don't know, Vladdy, Vladdy Guerrero because um, for the SoCal boys. Um, I don't know. Philip Rivers was that for me. It was so much fun to watch. And it was an example. Like last year when he was on the Colts, it was a no brainer. It's like, oh, I'm rooting for the Colts every single game. And it was fun to see him actually not with the curse of the Chargers around him, if that makes sense. But uh, they obviously fell short. He had a good game, though. So, Philip Rivers, thank you. God bless. You will remain on the Pineapple Couch logo for the rest of time. He's going to be coaching at high school football in Alabama, just like his dad did. You, sir, Phil, thank you. Your watch has ended. We'll be right back on the pineapple couch. We're back here on the Pineapple Couch. Let's talk some AFC and NFC Championship title games. Can't wait. Sunday, going to be a great day. So let's get into it right away. Bucks at Packers. Bucks coming off a win against the Saints after losing two to them in the regular season. They snap that streak and win where it matters in the playoffs. And the Packers take care of the Rams. The Packers are going to be favored by three and a half in this game. Get the Bucks money line at plus 165. Over under here at 52. 
this is a hell of a matchup, folks. You got we finally got a Brady Rogers playoff matchup. I believe they've only played two or three other times in their career. Besides this, obviously none of those in the playoffs because they didn't meet in the Super Bowl. Um, what I will say about this game is the Packers look like an absolute juggernaut. They Lafleur and Rodgers look like they've clearly figured something out. The Packers' run game with Aaron Jones is incredible. Um, they, I mean, last game they started seven of their first nine uh, plays were rushing plays. Last week is not, and that's not what you would think because of obviously how hard Rodgers goes and what a year he's had. But that just allows them to open up the pass game so much more. And so, if you, what I like to think about it is, is we've talked about like how play action really helps we've mentioned it with baker mayfield we've mentioned it with jared goff and so it's like think about how that helps them and then think about what that does for a guy like aaron Rodgers, who's already elite at that level so i expect uh this to be a shootout between both two teams so um i like the points with the bucks but i wanted to talk about something with this that i found just idiotically stupid which isn't surprising on TV, just of how stupid everyone is that just fucking, I don't, okay, Terrell Davis, stupid Denver Bronco, he, that the question was posed to him, can Tom Brady outplay Aaron Rodgers this weekend, and he said, like, absolutely no, the 100% chance no, there's no way, there's no way, and to that, I would say, are you stupid, Tom Brady has six Super Bowls, the Bucks are clicking at the right time, it, to, to say that Tom Brady does not have a chance to outplay Aaron Rodgers in this game is idiotic, and he should be fired immediately. Immediately. It's unbelievable. And so, yes, Aaron Rodgers should be favored to have, a, I would say, a slightly better game. But I don't know. Would it, How would it surprise anyone if next week we're talking on this and Brady threw for 360 and four touchdowns? I mean, the, Pack, the, the Bucks annihilated the Packers this year. And that was a different Bucks team that wasn't as good. So I like the Bucks in this game. Give me the points, and I'm going to take the money line too because, one, I mean, I'm sticking with my pre-playoff pick of the Bucks to get to the Super Bowl, and two, I really think that this Bucks team has figured something out. I think that this team got a lot of slack in, or got a lot of heat in the regular season about their play, and it was like this team was not built to be a regular season NFL team or a dominant one because obviously it was just all put together in with a weird offseason with all the COVID stuff too. But this is a playoff team, and that's what you have with Brady where you realize when you have him in these big games, he can just make the smart decisions consistently and consistently. And he's his arm, like he, Brady's looked incredible this year. And that's just an example because I didn't think Brady looked that bad last year, but obviously the the Patriots offense did not do that well. And this is just an example of giving Brady weapons, like how much, how fucking good he is. And so you think about the year he had in 07 with uh, Randy Moss, Wes Welker, that crew, and then he had a pretty good um, receiving core at, for a time in the mid-2010s when it was like Gronk at his peak, Edelman, and then Amendola was still there. But he never has really had consistent weapons like this. And it's just incredible. The dude's 43, and I, I think he's going to play till he's 45. I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. And the other thing we need to talk about is Devin White on the the Tampa Bay Bucks. Is it Devin White or Devin Bush, folks? I believe it's Devin White because there's two. There's a Steelers guy. One second. I'm going to look this up. Oh, come on, man. Da- oh, searched Devin White. Oh, Devin White. Yeah, he's... 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, sorry, sorry. But we figured it out. It is Devin White. The dude's been going off. I believe he had a, a pick. I know he had a pick against the Saints last week, and that was his first of the season, but came at a very good time. This Bucks defense made Drew Brees retire. I'm just kidding. But, like, they, they really stole the thunder in his last game. Um, so I'll take the Bucks here, and I expect this game to be close. I think that um, this game is going to be incredible. I really think we're going to see an, maybe an all-time game here. Um, and the same thing can be said about the AFC Championship. So let's talk about that. The Buffalo Bills and the Stallion at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by three. You can get the Bills money line at plus 145 over under 54. So the Bills have looked, they finished the season hot as hell. I mean, the last time they've lost was the Hale Murray, the Kyler Murray, um, Hale Mary play to DeAndre Hopkins. But one thing I will say about the Bills is in the first two rounds of the playoffs, they have not looked like amazing. They have not like blown anyone out. Like they played a very close game against the Colts, and then they win 17 3 against the Ravens last week, where if Lamar doesn't throw a pick in his own end zone that's refer that's returned for a touchdown in the hundred yards, then it's a 10 10 game. So but that's there's no excuses. Like the Bills won. But on the other side with the Chiefs, coming into the playoffs, the Chiefs were playing such close games, and they didn't cover for the last, like, eight weeks of the regular season. They kind of looked like they were in cruise control mode. And last week with the Mahomes concussion, they kind of had a, an oh shit moment. Like, oh shit, this could all, like, get fucked up, and we could lose. But the Chad Henney game, he comes in, and I guess keep in mind, they're playing the Browns too. So, But all this is to be said is that these teams are both kind of weird because the Bills were hot at the right end of the regular season but have not shown that much in the playoffs despite winning two games. And then the Chiefs, it's like, I know Mahomes is going to be healthy to play. And if it's like, if the Chiefs play their A game, I don't think anyone in the NFL can beat them. But I just don't think the Chiefs have been have been playing their A game necessarily lately. And I think that the Bucks or the Bills offense could have a field day against this Chiefs defense. So... I have three plays on this game. I like the Bills plus three. I had the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl before the playoffs, and I'm gonna stay. Away. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave that because of one reason. One reason alone. The Stallion. Let's hit the music, folks. And um, I'm gonna take the Bills money line. The Bills plus three, and then also, I think we're gonna see an over in this game. So I'll go the over 54 points. Smart. Like here's what we're dealing with right now, folks. My head is saying you should take the Chiefs. My heart is saying you should take the Stallion and the Bills. And then, like, my the other part of my head is just kind of pissed off at the Chiefs. They haven't covered in forever. So, I'm going Bills. A Bills-Bucks Super Bowl. How freaking awesome would that be? That potentially sets up, though. Tom Brady torments the Bills for 20 years in New England, and then he finally leaves, and the Bills win the division, get to the Super Bowl, and guess who's waiting for him? It's Tom Brady. It's like the final boss. That would be an incredible matchup. Um, so yeah, that's what I have on those NFL games. Um, let's enjoy it guys. Cause we have three football games left. We have three freaking football games left and then we're going to just be waiting. Um, but don't worry. The pineapple couch will keep going. We're going to get deep into basketball. We got some other new segments coming out soon. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple other things today before we wrap up. Um, I wanted to talk about Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford does has indicated that he would like out of Detroit. 
So I think that that might probably happen because Detroit, I think, is going to go into a full-on tank rebuild, and Stafford's already done so much for them. So the question then becomes, where does Stafford go and who could really use him? Hmm. The Colts. Colts could be big. They just obviously lost Phillip Rivers, and I don't know about you guys, but I think Matt Stafford's better than Jacoby Brissett. That could be interesting. I think another team that you got to think about as well, what about the Washington football team? Matt Stafford. I mean, he would be... I mean, the thing about Matt Stafford, no offense, Steven, it's similar to, like, the Chargers, but almost like it's a little worse. It is worse because he's been so, so good but he might have been elite at a point, but he's been on the Lions. And so he kind of just now is like always down a lot and then throws these garbage time touchdowns. So I really want to see him on a good team. And so that all brings me to my next point. Theoretically, what if he went to the San Francisco 49ers? If you're the 49ers, who would you rather have? Jimmy G or Matt Stafford? I would rather have Matt Stafford. But if there's any chance in hell that the Niners somehow can get in on this Watson thing, You've got to think about that. And I was going to say for Matt Stafford that the Steelers could be an option, but the Steelers just signed Dwayne Haskins. So their quarterback room is now Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Tough. I don't think Big Ben has officially announced his retirement yet, but I would assume that's coming, right? I really would. I would. Um, okay, two more things. And Stephen Young, let's hear. Uh, let's get a voicemail on what you think staff, what's going to happen with Stafford. And uh, how you're feeling about Dan Campbell, I believe, is the new coach of the Detroit Lions. So let's hear from that. Um, okay, two more things. Spider-Man 3. So Spider-Man 3 is going to be coming next December, coming out on the MCU. Um, we'll see if it goes out to theaters, because I think a lot of the stuff that's said to come out, like Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and some other movies are going to be put out on Disney Plus and theaters, because I don't see this getting fixed anytime soon so rumors though about spider-man 3 there's a hell of a lot of them folks it's like basically getting teased that we could be getting like a spider-man into the spider-verse like live action thing so it, it is said that andrew garfield and toby mcguire have filmed for spider-man 3 whether that means they're just going to be in like a post-credit scene or a small scene to set up the new doctor strange multiverse of madness movie that remains to be seen or do what we have going on. This is, let me blow your brains, folks. Think about if you're a movie studio right now. It's pretty hard to get the big casts together and do all this filming because you have to do all the quarantining. And it's, it's just a strenuous process to get all these people in that place, especially when you can only have a certain amount of people there. And everyone who comes there has to like quarantine for like 10 days or some shit. So, Folks, what if they're filming Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 4 right now? Think about it. What if they're doing that? What if they're just taking this opportunity to be like, fuck, we lost a lot of money in 2019, or 2020, excuse me, because we didn't release a single property, and Spider-Man's the biggest thing we have. What if they're filming Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 4, and we got like a two-part movie, essentially of the first movie being Spider-Man, um trying to clear his name obviously of what happened at the end of spider-man far from home with mysterio so him being on the run and then having that lead into him having to get help from other 
multiverses Spider-Man, which maybe would bring their villains because Alfred Molina, the guy who played Doc Ock in the 2004 Spider-Man 2, it was 2002 or 2004, um, he's said to be signed in, in this movie. Same with Jamie Foxx's Electro from the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. So what do you guys think? I think that would be pretty cool to do a live action into the Spider-Verse type of thing. Um, it, it, it just does worry me because when I think of Spider-Man 3, what movie do I think of? I think of the, the, the only Spider-Man 3 that's been out. The one with Venom, Sandman, and the Harry Osborn Green Goblin. And that was just such a shit show because how much was crammed into it. So part of me really does hope they're going to be Spider-Man 3 and 4, maybe two parts. Because I don't want them to throw... Because think about it. They have to resolve some stuff that happened in Spider-Man Homecoming revolving is did Peter Parker kill Mysterio, all that sort of stuff. And then just to throw Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in there, that's just so much going on that part of me hopes it's two movies so we don't get something that's just like overfilled like in um, Spider-Man 3 in the past. So we'll see. That was my little nerd out for today. Oh, another thing. Game of Thrones just announced uh, they're doing another prequel series on HBO and it's going to be the sort sort the story of Sir Dunk and Egg and Egg is like a, a Targaryen and Sir Dunk is some sort of like big ass knight or something I don't know any Game of Thrones co content you can give me I'm always down for so I'd like that um and then folks I just got one more thing for you a little shorter pod today um but I got an album of the week for you and um it's it's always a tough choice when you're doing album of the week because this is well it's not always I just started this so the first d decision that I'm gonna do is going to be tough but I, I think I got I think I got what you guys should listen to um the album is called late for, for the sky by Jackson Brown Jackson Brown who's Jackson Brown well Jackson Brown is someone who if you don't know his name I'm gonna tell you some things and then you'll realize oh wow so Jackson Brown um he wrote Take It Easy by the, by the Eagles. Jackson Brown wrote that. So that, that's pretty big. Um, and then if you think about Nico from the Velvet Underground, he used to date her and wrote half her first solo album, including the song These Days. Um, and then he also, in the movie Fast Times at Richmond High, that he has the, the great track Somebody's Baby, um, which is an all-time movie and an all-time song. Uh, but the... The album today is a little sadder one. It's called Late for the Sky by Jackson Brown. Um, and Jackson Brown's just an expert songwriter is how I would describe him. He is... The way his songs are put together, it's just very fun to go along with the journey. And that his, his lyrics are just always a little different and always like very well thought out. Um, so, without all that being said, this album actually came out, I'm pretty sure within a year of Jackson Brown's girlfriend at the time, not Nico, but she actually committed suicide. So that's very sad. But this album kind of talks about that. And so there's a song on the album, if you're only going to listen to one, it's called the, For a Dancer. And it is a very good song. There's actually a YouTube video where it's him and David Finley. Finley, I think is his name. And he's like a violinist, fiddle player. And it's a really cool song. So... That's going to do it for the Pineapple Couch, episode 77. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some football. We'll be back next week. We'll see you then.
Thank you.